Hey everybody, it's Cassie Fuchs with Southeast Mortgage. Um, I'm a lender hey, here Cassie. in the Atlanta area, and I have my girl Amber here with me. Go Hello. ahead. Amber. Hello, I'm Amber Rogers. I'm a real estate broker here in Greater Atlanta. Okay, and let me just go ahead. Do, do we have a minute for my Cliff's notes? Absolutely. If you guys hear the jingle jangle, <laughs> if you hear bone chewing, if you hear slobbering, if you hear heavy breathing, it is not me. It is not Cassie. It is my dog Sly. Who is under us and he's chewing a bully stick? He's our mascot, our yes. podcast mascot. Yes, and um, he's real, really a trooper. He dressed in all white like us today and wore his gold chains just to support us. I love it. And so, um, but yeah, I meant to say that the last podcast because the first one, all you hear is, <laughs> and then last one, all you hear is a jingle bell from his little collar, jingle, jingle, jingle bell. And but he was so cute. He was sitting right next. He sat to me. next to you, and I like. I, I think I posted on Instagram like, "Where's Waldo?" and circled his face because he was like snuggled in beside you in the in the sofa chair. Yeah, really funny. So bear with us, guys. Sorry about that. So actually, we are talking today about a couple of different things. Um, we wanted to talk about the federal rate hikes. Those are happening today ah! and tomorrow. They're meeting. Stab me in the heart. So the action will happen tomorrow, and everyone's saying that there's probably going to be a quarter uh, bump in in rate tomorrow. Um, yes. And they're ex wondering how is this going to affect mortgage rates, right? And there's a couple of different ideas about it. Um, most people believe that it's already been baked in. We've already been, you know, knowing that this was going to happen for a couple months. So the lenders have already baked in this this hike. So you're not really going to see much of it. Can difference. I ask you what does that mean, baked in? So meaning you guys already expected it. We Is expected that, okay. it. We Just expected checking. it. So we took measures to make sure that it wasn't going to take us by surprise because one That's time smart. it did happen by surprise and then there was such volatility in I the know. market. Everyone freaked the hell out. The, right. So they've been, you know, taking care to make sure that there wasn't that crazy shock. Um, and then, you know, others are thinking because it is assumed to be the last time we're going to do this this year. They're, they're, they're thinking that we've, we've slowed down the, the recession a little bit. You know, they're, they're seeing an end to it. So we may not see another rate hike through the end of the year. And if that's the case, there are some that are saying that it actually might give us some better rates. Uh, okay. So, you know, that's good news. But they're, they're overall thinking is that it won't go up again before the end of the year well, well the, i mean it's speculative but well inflation has subsided so you Wonderful. know we're we're hoping that because they're seeing the negative effect of raising those rates because you're, you're seeing some banks that are you know SVB, that was seeing, another question i was going to ask you yeah. right so they're seeing how it's kind of negatively affecting the big banks. so just so you know when the when the feds raise the rates they're raising the rates on the banks Okay, so then the banks, that's a great way to put it. Right, we don't think of it that way. No, you're, they're not raising your rates; they're raising the bank's rates, mm. and then the banks have a choice at that time. They that's can say, so smart to say that, yeah. Transfer it on to the to the buyer, or they can see it as a st stabilization in the market because inflation has been, you know, taken care of, so that they don't actually pass on that to increase the to, the, to the buyer because they you know they want people to buy homes so yeah you know they need them too right so it's always you know it's always kind of up in the air i know there's a lot of uh expecting that there be a you know a little bit of craziness in the market this week but hopefully you know next week we're gonna see it a little more stable that's amazing yep that's good to hear do you do we know any prediction on what we're talking about with this rate 
situation? It's going to be, they're saying it's going to be 25 basis points increase to that rate, which again goes to the banks. So what does that mean to the layman dum-dum who's just Googling or in my case every morning, Alexa, what's the rates for today for a 30-year conventional across the U.S.? And she'll go, here's an article I found for you. Right. And then it's all different data. Well, those rates... Is it like 6.5? Is it like 7? Do we? Can you give us a roundabout without us holding you to the fire? Right. Well, I mean, rates are in generally in the mid-sixes. Okay. Based on, right. you know, conventional loans. Depends on the credit score, of course, how much money they're putting down, how long they're holding the loan. Um, but... You, it, it really just depends. So if you've if it's been baked in, you're just going to continue to see a stable, no no change in rate. Okay. But if they feel like it, it feels so stable at this point that they're feeling comfortable, you might actually see a decrease in rate. So you know, there's it's a crystal ball effect. I can't tell you exactly. Yeah, you're not the fed. <laughs> I'm Come not on, Greenspan over there. I'm not. I'm not Greenspan. I'm but we're all just waiting and watching. I'll be looking over the you know rates over the next couple of days to see how they you know could positively or negatively affect my clients. Okay, can I ask you a heated question that I get every freaking day? Sure. So, and, and for me, as somebody that went to you last year and was like, you know what, screw this. I can be a single white female and I can live alone and I can just buy a new house because I needed a yard for my dog. And um, that wasn't, originally the plan was, you know, I don't want to get into personal stuff, but originally I was engaged to be married. We were building a house, got a dog. We had a fenced in backyard. That was part of like the excitement of it all. And unfortunately that didn't work out. And, you know, well wishes to both part, you know, him, me, everybody. And everyone's good. But that being said, I'm in a one-bedroom condo. And so I reached out to you and I was like, hypothetically, if I make X, Y, and Z, or, oh, I didn't even say me. I think I told you, if a client makes X, Y, and Z a year and they can put this much down, um, how much do you think that they could typically afford? And you were like, okay. And you you were smart enough to ask me a couple follow-up questions, like, you know, credit, all the things. And, and then you told me a number that I was shocked and amazed by and so proud of myself by, even right. though I never bought anything. But with that being said, the number one thing I get from buyers, whether they're seasoned and they've bought and sold homes forever, or they're like first time home buyers, or they're like me and they've lived in a little condo forever and they forgot the process, even though they sell homes all day long, mm -hmm. um, is how do you lock in your rate? Especially right now with the rates going up and down and the volatility of it all. It seems like it's been pretty like smooth sailing around sixes, mm -hmm. correct? Yeah. For the last couple, like six months. But if I much. have somebody and they're a new home buyer and like that 7% is going to like kick them out of the market, God forbid, which it shouldn't. Yeah. But how does it work with locking down a rate? What the hell does that mean? Like talk to me like, you know, I'm a first time home buyer. What does it mean to lock down a rate? How long is a lock? Lock in, lockdown, whatever they call it. I think lockdown is probably the wrong word. Lockdown. It sounds a little bit like like a scary movie, right? Um, but so, lock in. Yeah, I, you know, you sometimes get these questions, especially new construction, right? So somebody is oh, lo yeah. walking into oh, yeah. a, a, a build out, and they know it's going to take six months to build it out. And honestly, in this market right now, not many people are looking for those extended locks because the expectation is that rates are at the well, highest. Well, what does an extended lock even mean? Right. Well, an extended Sorry lock. Sorry to open the can of worms. <laughs> well, an extended lock means that you lock today and that you're, you're promised that lock for a certain amount of time. Yeah, and what is the norm? 90 days? That's what I was told, but I that mean, might not be true either. You can lock a rate for, for much longer, six months, 12 months. And can, what, why? Do you have to pay more to yes, lock it in? Yes. So, so you pay points? There's, diff it's di Sorry, there's different like, ways to do it, right? So you can pay up front a single premium to lock a rate for a specific amount of time. 
but that premium can be very high. So I think what a lot are we talking of, like, like thousands of dollars. Oh my god! Like so you, it's like a flat fee that you just yeah. So it you pay a flat fee to lock for an extended period of time. So I had a client who locked for a year. He wanted to make That's sure he had that. Yeah, this was back when we had the two point eight seven five rate. I don't blame him though. He, That's smart. He locked it for I think he took took an extended lock and it was like four thousand five thousand dollars up front. But, but worth it probably. Well, the problem was we got to the build out, and what do you think happened to that new construction? It they got, extended it. Extended it. So then at that point, which in the new construction contracts, which we could talk about if you mm-hmm. want to pick my Aspergery real estate brain. Not mm-hmm. that that's a bad thing. Sorry. <laughs> um, is that all these contracts the builders write in? Oh yeah. We can raise your fees. We can raise. We can extend the close date. And also, if rates go up, we are not in trouble. You have to pay that buyer. Right. Well, when they extend, and they extended on him two months. Oh yeah. He had to pay. That's good compared to some. Well, he had to pay the extension fees of two months. So it ended up costing him about seven thousand dollars to have that rate. Okay. But however, versus six percent. Well, what I what I said what he what would have saved him money is he could have waited until yeah. it was time to lock and then just bought down the rate rather than having paid that extension it's so confusing right right well another type of an extension that we offer is that it allow you to um, lock in the rate and then they give you a float down so you, you that was my next question what is a float <laughs> yeah. what is floating <laughs> So you pay you pay an origination up front, which mm-hmm. is a, usually like one percent of, okay. of the of the purchase price, right, yeah. to lock that loan, and you lock it for let's say six months. But what's normal, like to not have to pay more out of pocket? Uh, well, you just lock it, lock in the idea to, to float down the rate. Okay. Okay. So you pay an origination up front. Okay. As and then the lender as, keeps their eye on the market and when it goes down. Mm-hmm. No, they give you that extended lock through the time. So let's say oh, it's six it months. Six so they give you that lock, up, but they're going to increase the rate just a little bit. So if that if that day you're at a 5% rate, they're going to increase it up to 5.75. And then they're going to let you float down to the uh, lowest market rate. The lowest rate within 45 days of closing. Okay, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, so if your rate gets down and you locked it at five point seven five, they have to. They, but they can't go up. They can't go up. It can't so go over good. that five seven five. But let's say it gets down to a four point seven five. You can float down to the four point seven. It probably won't. <laughs> but you can you can do that type of an extended and, lock. And too. what's in it? F- uh, from the buyer, what skin is off their back? They've had to pay for that. Well, they had to pay that origination as long as they close with that lender. That origination goes towards their closing costs. Oh, that's so wonderful! It's literally just a benefit because when so it, complicated, but it makes sense in today's market. I think I don't well, know. You it doesn't me. make sense. I'll stay in my lane. Well, I mean, I hope it doesn't make sense in today's market because nobody wants to see a nine percent rate, an eight and a half percent rate. So if you're in a market where the rates are coming down, it doesn't make sense to lock yeah. an extended rate That's but if, true. if you know if we thought the rates were and it's called lock, a float down you said mm-hmm. I had it as floating yeah I had a buyer ask me well no you can float there's a different that's a different term oh, if you say I float the rate that means I'm watching it on a daily basis it's almost like get, a stockbroker right to get like ready I'm to trade lock it. I'm about to sell the stock right I'm gonna short it yeah right oh, so they, yeah. is that common though in Atlanta with you because you you 
this is your everyday do or die. I have clients do all kinds of stuff. But what's the most common thing you see, if I may ask? The most common is as soon as we get a contract, we take a look at the rates Mm -hmm. for them on that day, and we try to lock them as early as possible. Okay. So in case... And what does that mean? That that day, they're, you know, let's say they go under contract, you've locked a minute, whatever today's Mm -hmm. rate is, six something, which Mm -hmm. has been about the same, right, Mm -hmm. for a couple months now. So it's probably going to be around that. Um. But then let's say, I don't know, you tell me. So is that, but that's the norm, right? But that's Most people the norm. just lock it in and they, they don't ask all these crazy questions like I am, but this is stuff people have asked me. So. <laughs> well, most contracts I have are 30 days or less because we close in 15 That's right. Days, right. That's another good point. Yeah. yeah. So I generally lock oh, those okay. rates as soon as possible just to, to make sure volatility doesn't yeah. happen. I won't lock a new construction until we, unless they That's want to. That's a different to, loan anyway, right? Until we get closer to closing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, got it. Got it, got it. I had another question for you. You ready, girl? Okay. Um, What is the difference between you as a, uh, you know, loan officer? Well, I know. (laughs) I was going to say loan officer, mortgage broker extraordinaire. What's the difference between a broker and a bank? Because I have clients that are like, I'm going to go with Chase Bank because I love them and I've been banking with them for 10 years and I'm like, okay, yeah, do it, do you girl. Mm-hmm. But just so you know, they can't shop the rates mm-hmm. because it's going to be their rate. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, not to crap talk any bank, but we do have nicknames for them in, the, in this world. You probably have heard some of them, Bank of Awful, Wells Fargo. <laughs> like we have all these like nicknames. But um and, and some people have great experiences with them. I've had like one or two clients that they closed on time with, it wasn't Chase, it was, uh, I think it was Wells Fargo, Wells Fargo. Mm-hmm. But the point, of, the point of my question is, when they ask me, what's the difference between going with a local lender like Southeast Mortgage and Cassie versus going to my bank, what would you say is like, how do you explain that to them? Because again, I try to stay in my lane. I just sell the real estate, I just get you your deal mm-hmm. accepted. Right. And then I send all the questions to That's you. That's an outstanding. Yay. <laughs> That's an outstanding question. So banks I'm are sure generally not yeah. in real estate. Banks don't make their money in real estate. They don't they don't make their money in doing mortgages. They make their money in, in servicing people who That's good to use know. I didn't their know that. Okay. savings accounts, their checking accounts, their what have you. So whereas a, a like a bank might try to offer, let's say a a, a lower interest rate to the client. It's because they want to get them in so that they can service them. That's where they're true. They want all their business in the same place. Yeah. Right. So what what the problem that I see over and over again when someone goes to a bank is that they're not they're not streamlined for servicing those yeah, their eight hundred number. No. And they don't have they don't work on the weekends and they don't have great communication and if something happens you know, oh, you're getting outsourced to China, crap, India, wherever. <laughs> crap hits the fan in the 30th hour and you need an answer, you're not getting it. But we know where you were, Cassie. <laughs> yeah, right. And we know your office address. Yes. yes. And, and yeah. you know my phone number. I'm not kidding, guys. This is a real thing. <laughs> but so then but you, and they don't have the same kind of like uh, respect respect for timelines respect for the closing date it's just another number it's just another because that's not how they're paid they don't it's not it's not like that oh yeah they're not like commission like you are they're mm-hmm. like salary i'm in the mortgage division of this company yeah, and da, 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 you da, know da. it's all like 
there's no single rep they can call Mm -hmm. it's just yeah yeah so you're not a lot of times they just don't make closing dates or they just don't communicate my experience you can't even reach anybody right as an agent i've had that experience so many times and it's so disheartening or if something goes wrong they're not communicating with you Uh uh-uh right no Uh uh-uh you have no idea that's just the difference. So now the difference between, so, you know, we're a lender, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's also like small mom and pop broker shops. Mm-hmm. Those broker shops are, let's say, in the basement of somebody's home and they have no overhead and they have their their underwriting is in New Jersey mm-hmm. and their appraisals are It's just almost like chosen. a white label of a company. Right. It's well, like they're white labeling shampoo from Amazon and putting their name on it. Exactly. Like it's not really them that's mm-hmm. like funding or whatever. And when times are good, they're they're making more on their loans and they're happy about it. And when times are bad, they can lower their what they make on those loans down to like three hundred dollars. Right. So they'll so right, they'll squeeze it down just to take the, the deal but they really don't have the support necessary. Again, you have the same issues. You don't have the support necessary to get those loans to the closing table on a regular basis. There's no basis. pre-closer. There's no right. communication. There's no like front desk. Like Even to get into Cassie's office, you guys, I have to ring a doorbell. I have to mm-hmm. state my name. I have to get security to let me in. Like, it, it's not a joke. Like We, we operate on a high level. I mean, we take our shit seriously. Excuse my <laughs> French mom. I got and by the way, that's not ASMR. That is Sly Dog's gold chain jingle, jingle, jangling. He's a good boy. So I apologize. Anyway, but that's really interesting to hear. Mm-hmm. So what I always tell my clients is when they ask it, and this is me, and correct me because I might be wrong on this. Again, I stay in my line. I just saw the real estate. But they'll be like, why should I go with Cassie over like Wells Fargo or Wells Fargo or whatever? Sorry, don't sue me, Wells Fargo. I can't afford it. Um <laughs> But I'll tell them because she can shop the rate. Mm-hmm. She has zero ties to any one bank. Mm-hmm. She can literally shop the rate through. Well, we have the programs yeah. that fit the client, and then we take the best rate of all of the investors who provide that program. So if you go to a Chase, you just have. It's just oh, the one and done. Yeah. You just have no what other Chase options. can offer, not, in, you know, not what everybody can offer. <laughs> that's not ASMR either. Um, that's like trying to sit with Cassie because it, it's his girlfriend. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you for the clarity on that. I was wondering because it's been like a real conundrum. Mm-hmm. Are we ready for our absolutely not? Absolutely. Absolutely not. Okay, so last week I talked about my absolutely not was do not, as a buyer especially, go into a home and state all the things you hate about that house or as an agent, or as anybody, because guaranteed there's cameras in that house. And if I'm a seller, I'm putting cameras in every room. I want to hear all the juicy scoop. I want to hear why they hate my house, why they love my house. I want to hear if they're ready to like outbid the other buyer and they're so excited. So to follow up on last week's, the second podcast we did, um, Absolutely Not segment, is my Absolutely Not part two is absolutely not as a buyer go in and say, I love this house. Mm-hmm because there goes your leverage. If the seller's sitting, and this has happened to me before, I think we talked about this last time, where I've had clients, <laughs> sorry, that's sly slobbering. That's not Cassie. <laughs> Cassie's not breathing heavily. Um, but I've had buyers be like, oh my God, I love this house. This is the one, write us an offer, da da da. And I'm like, shh, let's go outside and talk first. <laughs> so that's my follow-up to that, absolutely not. And then I have a, can I do another one? Oh yeah. Please. All right. So then my other absolutely not, because this just happened, is do not list as a seller, 
do not list with the agent that comes through first and says, I'm gonna sell it for a gajillion dollars without asking where they got the number from. I literally, I had boots on the ground. Luckily it was my own neighborhood. But um, this sweet lady in my neighborhood that I've known forever, she was talking to her former real estate agent and the former real estate agent came after I did and told her a number $20,000 higher and had zero backing for it. And um, and so we're passing Sly across the table. A little hot potato. <laughs> All right, Bubba, here we go. And um, so she was about to list with that agent because that agent told her $40,000 more for a list price to go on the market than I did. But mine was fact-based. And so it's funny because we went under contract. I listed it 15 grand over what I thought just to appease her. And, and I, I love to break records. I love, look, the more money you make, the more money I, I make. Like we're straight commission, so it's a win-win-win. And it's my neighborhood, so I want the highest number. But what happened was the appraisal came in low. Mm. And it came in right at I told her what of I told her to did. list at. Of course it did. One million it was literally the number. Ugh. And so luckily I was able to negotiate with her buyer's side and the agent's really great and um, agreed to split the difference with us. So the seller's still making fifteen grand over the appraised price mm-hmm. in her pocket and the buyer's willing to pay that out of their pocket because they want that neighborhood. They want they want the house and you know, Are we getting back into that a, now? Are we, is that mm-hmm. where we're going? I think it's super, super micro. Mm. So what Cassie's asking is, are we getting back into bidding wars? And I'm saying, mm, no. I think it's micro. So mm-hmm. if anything under like 300, 400 grand, yes. Mm-hmm. If it's priced right and it's in good con- or whatever right. condition based on the price. But it also depends on location, as we all know. Yeah. So I'll let Cassie take it away. What is your absolutely not? I can't wait to hear it. I hope it's crazy. I have actually an absolutely, and then I have a a, yes. I have an absolutely not. Oh, okay. Absolutely yes. So absolutely yes. Get pre-approved completely before you start looking for a home. Okay. A lot of people go out and they start looking at Zillow and they start looking at, oh, I love this home and I love this home and this is great. They fall in love with the process. Yeah. yeah. And before they go and make sure based on their finances, what they're going to qualify for. And this happens across the board. It happens to my lower end buyers and my higher end buyers. Everybody. Yeah. So I would say absolutely. Before you even go into a house, your agent should have you on the phone getting qualified because it's, it's, Honestly, it's malpractice. Yeah. And it's just setting everyone up for, for failure. And, yeah. And, and being un- unhappy. They in need to know process. what they can afford, like good, bad, or indifferent. Or a lot of times it's better than they thought. Right. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I love it. It's my Taylor Swift <laughs> ringtone. So uh, I love your absolutely yes. And I wish more agents would do that. Because it's, it's like 10 more minutes out of your day. Right. And just send Cassie a text. Yes. And I will take care of them. And here's the absolutely not. Okay. Absolutely do not trust pre-qualifications that are spit out by online applications with no review of docs. So if you have a client who says, I'm already pre-approved, and they hand you a letter, look at the letter. (laughs) If the letter says, this is a pre-qualification conditioned on you turning in your documents for us to review, you have nothing. There's tons of fine print on those things. I love it. It's you so have, funny. It's not worth the, the paper it's printed on. 
At all. At all. Which so. isn't even their paper. It's probably your, <laughs> your buyer's paper or their printer. Right. Oh, so my gosh. Just make sure that you actually give them to a lender who's going to review all their documentation, run them through to you, order verifications of employment if necessary, so that when you go under contract, you know you're going to get them Because that's closing. another, like you, like how you just said, oh, we're back to that again. Well, yeah, we could be. Mm-hmm. Especially if it's a house that's priced right. It doesn't even matter if it's over a million. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have one that's 1.7 right now, and we've had three showings in one day mm-hmm. and it's great because it it's you know spruces up people's interest and mm-hmm. i love to see them parade around mm-hmm. each other but the bottom line is if one of them if i'm the list agent like i am and i see one that has a pre-approval mm-hmm. with their offer and a local lender as well mm-hmm. i'm going with them first i'm sorry guys or i'm telling my client it's not my choice i'm telling my client this is why we should probably on the side of this offer yeah because this is a local lender there's not going to be some appraiser from washington dc there's not going to be some like crazy automated rocket more whoever rocket whoever you know google.com mortgage company mm-hmm. that has not even seen his documents or his w-2s or knows what they're actually worth they're just thinking that they do mm-hmm. so i'll go with those people all day long yeah over some random company online and that listing agents are going to get a little bit more, like, I do believe... They're getting gonna, more skilled, they're, thank they're, God. Yeah. But. And so, yep, those are my absolutely and absolutely not. So so the absolutely not is... The absolutely not is do not trust pre-qualifications that are spit out of a computer without yep. any review of the yep. documentation. Yeah. I even get those ads, too, where it's like, want to see what you can afford? Yeah. And I'm like, I'll okay, and I'll click in, and I'll be like, oh, I make this much. And then I'll just see, and it's like... It's like fact. They like send you like a letter. A letter. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? It is ridiculous. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Cassie. I, I had your a head off. blast with you today. So much fun. You guys check out our podcast. Um, send or tell them your contact information for a wonderful lender. That- sure. I'm Cassie Fuchs. That is close them with Cassie at southeastmortgage.com. And uh, we'll we'll put our contact information up on the Perfect. podcast. Definitely go and take a notes. look. And I'll be happy to help you guys. Yay. And you guys, coming up next, we have um, a couple special guests. We're going to have an appraiser mm-hmm. who's more of an economic, uh, an economist, rather, um, who lives, eats, sleeps, breathes what's going on in the market. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a closing attorney who's been in the business over 27 years. We're going to have um, Angie Mezzasmith. Oh, my God. I love her. Love everybody that knows her or has heard her name knows her and loves her. And she is considered, like, the queen of contracts, legit queen of contracts. She helped write the Red Book with um, Seth Wiseman, which is, you know, U.S. Mm-hmm. all over the place. And um, she knows a lot about real estate law. So we're excited and we'll keep them coming. Thanks, guys. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Sly says bye. Bye, Sly. Now he's not making any noise. Of course not. Of course not. <laughs> now, he's, now he's quiet and asleep. <laughs>